It's Bad History! Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Bad History. Bad History, y'all! <laughs> <laughs> my name is Steven, and I am joined this week by my partner in crime, Dave. What's up, Dave? Not just partner in crime, but partner in legal marriage. In legal marriage, yeah. we decided to do that. My life partner. Life. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> well, welcome to episode 29 of Bad History. Uh, it's It's been a while, huh? It's been a while. Yeah, kind of dusting, dusting things off a little bit. Kind of get things rolling back on track. Uh, we have not released an episode in like three weeks. Yep. I think. It was the best three weeks of my life. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it was. Uh, I was out of the country for two weeks. And then I got back. And kind of picked things up immediately and went out of town again to get uh, to, to do some professional development stuff. And Dave, you've been working like pretty much the night shift, I think it's fair to say. Oh, it starts at 3 p.m. Yeah. And it ends at 2.59 p.m. the next day. Yeah. So call that a night shift? Pretty much. But pretty much. <laughs> um so we just we just didn't have any we really didn't have any time and it wasn't even like one of those things where it's like oh let's just not do it it was like we couldn't get a time together to record um so that's why and like we hate doing that and it it like really sucks i mean it sucks just as much for us as probably more for us than it does for you guys honestly because like we we hate doing that we hate missing out and it's we hate making excuses, and it's super lame, but... It, it was the best three weeks of my life. Yeah, it sucks for me. It and it's over now. Yep, and we're back on that grind. Uh, so, Dave, the topic for this week... Uh, the topic for well, this week... Let's let's refresh the, 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 the ears of our listeners, because it's oh been a while. God. Let's refresh those ears. We are going to be heading straight to the Wild Wild West... The old west. Heading straight to the wild, wild west. Remember that movie? Wait, we're doing the wild west? Yeah. Shit. No, we're not doing the anthology of Will Smith movies. Oh, man, that'll be a good one, though. That Put will that be a good back one. Pocket. But, uh, but we are, are talking... ready for fucking Bad Boys 2? <laughs> Bad Boys 2 came out in, like, 98. No, it came out, like... Did it come out that long ago? I don't, uh, first, I don't know. Fucking yeah, I don't know. Who cares? But we are doing the Wild West, and we're going to be talking about different stories from the Wild West. And I'm really excited for this. Uh, Dave and I both found some really good stories. The Wild West is kind of a silly, silly era, kind of mixed in with a healthy dose of extreme violence. So it makes for some good stories, I think. I uh, thought we were doing the Wild West Germany. So... Okay. Okay. See, that's not a thing. So... See, I I need to go. Yeah, that's that's not a, okay. Well, we're we'll, we'll turning about. Oh, look, it's been an hour and a half. You ready to go, Dave? Yeah, dude. Wild right, West. Cool. <laughs> so, um, so I we, all this shit. Out. <laughs> <get awful. laughs> oh god. Uh, keep but, that in. Actually, edit it out. But then keep that thing telling you to edit it out in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I'll do that. Don't don't do that. Uh, anyway, Stephen. Yeah. Are you ready to hear my story? <laughs> Are we not doing Hell of Your Week, or are we just skipping that shit altogether? It was a month, Stephen. Ah, that's true. It was, wasn't it? You know what I did that month? What? A lot of shit. I know. I don't remember it all. I know. I know. Anyway. 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 Let's just fu- let's just get into it. Let's Whatever. Let's fucking get into it. Fuck it. We were both good. We're both alive. Uh, and... We missed the 4th of July episode. Sorry God about that. 
It's like, what is up with us and not, like, getting episodes out on holidays? And if we do, they have nothing to do with the holiday. Dude, you remember the Valentine's Day episode was in, like, October? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, play the music, Steven. Yeah, let's play the music. Okay, Steven. Yeah. So I'm here to tell the tale of Elmer McCurdy, the worst outlaw in the West. (laughs) Any relation to Elmer Fudd? Now, I know they both have the same first name, but I just thought I would ask. You know, I don't think they're Chinese. Okay. Isn't that in Chinese where they have the same first? Fuck it, whatever. Anyway, Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy. Elmer McCurdy was born on January 1st, 1880, in Maine. That's not the Wild West. What is going on here? That's way the fuck north and east. Some might say it's the northeast. Some might say it's the most northeast. Some might say it's the most northeast. Uh, But he was born in Washington, Maine. And Elmer McCurdy had a rough childhood. Get ready for this shit. McCurdy was born to 17-year-old Sadie McCurdy, who was unmarried and unaware of who Elmer's father was. And this was not a good look at the time. This is the late 19th century. still a little Victorian going on, you know? It's very, like, unproper. Whatever. No judgment today. 17-year-old unwed teenage mothers fucking... Dime a dozen. I mean, there are, there is some judgment, <laughs> some lingering judgment. There's some lingering judgment. We're just not as open with it as they were. Like we're not we're not taking these kids out of their homes and like spitting on them as we put them on the back of a mule and send them out of town. I just what I just I assumed they did. Yeah, just the whole <laughs> the whole spectacle there. Yeah. I miss it, dude. I miss it. Do good, you? The good Do old days. <laughs> But anyway, oh god, don't call it the good old days. <laughs> the good old days of violence and bigotry. So Sadie's brother George and his wife Helen adopted Elmer to save Sadie the embarrassment of being an unwed teenage mother. Uh, this seemed to work pretty well, but in 1890, Sadie's brother and Elmer McCurdy's adoptive father George died of tuberculosis. Like and you so, do. Like you do. And George's wife, Helen, brought Elmer to Sadie, who revealed that Helen was not his birth mother and thought, and his thought to be Aunt Sadie was. So it was like, hey, we fucking lied to you. You know your Aunt Sadie? She's actually your mom. And she's only 27 and you're 10, so you can put the math together. Sadie also told Elmer that she had no idea who his father was. Nice. The 10-year-old Elmer McCurdy was understandably upset. Thus began his acting out phase. McCurdy began drinking uh, heavily as a teenager. And as you see, this this will kind of like plague the rest of his life. But Mark Svenvold writes in the biography of Elmer that this begins Elmer's unruly and rebellious phase. Mm-hmm. Like you do. <laughs> like uh, you do. But his grandfather actually comes to save him. McCurdy uh, moves in with his grandfather and learns like a trade. He becomes a plumber. 
and is reportedly pretty good at it and lives like a pretty comfortable and happy life for a while. But then in 1898, there was an economic downturn in Maine and he lost his job. Then less than a year later, his mom died of an ulcer that ruptured. And then the following month, his grandfather died of a kidney disease. Oh, cool. <laughs> so it was a rough year for old Elmer McCurdy. Um, so McCurdy left Maine and kind of drifted through the eastern United States looking for work. Um, he was arrested for public intoxication in Kansas. Nice. And uh, due to his resulting alcoholism, McCurdy was unable to hold a job. So... For about seven years, he kind of just, like, drifted through the United States, uh, being drunk, being a loser, and finally, at the age of 27, having no other prospects or money, he decided to join the army. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. He was a machine gun operator <laughs> and trained in demolition. Oh, nice. This, is, this, you know, I, this guy, this guy sounds like he'd be good at handling explosives. Yeah, you know, right? Like, this guy. There was no war really going on at the time. What year is it? Uh, it was 1907. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're almost so, there, but not quite. We're almost there. But, like, you know, give a guy a box of, you know, gunpowder and nitroglycerin to play with. He doesn't have any Nazis to shoot yet, so... Just let him have fun. His time in the army was uneventful, and he left with these new skills in demolition that led him to decide to become a robber, right? Now, let's move on to his career as a bank and train robber. So McCurdy moved to St. Joseph, Kansas after the army to meet up with an associate he met there, like a friend he made in the army. Mm -hmm. The two decided to become bank train robbers using the demolition skills they acquired in the army, and specifically their training with nitroglycerin. However, <laughs> McCurdy and his friend were arrested for possession of burglary paraphernalia? Uh, this included chisels, hacksaws, funnels for gunpowder and nitroglycerin, and other various breaking-in tools. <laughs> nice. Um, they argued to the judge that they were working on a new invention for the army. It was apparently a new type of machine gun, and the jury found them not guilty. Nice! But, but of course, the tools were for robbery, and McCurdy's career as an absolute shit outlaw began. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, McCurdy was pretty inept, and he was really incapable of pulling off these robberies. He often included nitroglycerin into the crimes just because it was badass, yet he was really unfit to determine the proper amount to use for each job. Oh, God. And this resulted in a series of failed robberies. Um, he was often, like, way overzealous and just blew shit way the fuck up. <laughs> like, just completely destroyed everything. And a few examples of this. So, McCurdy and three others attempted to rob an Iron Mountain, Missouri Pacific train in Lenape, Oklahoma. The safe on the train contained approximately $4,000. So, the gang stops the train and allowed McCurdy to work on the safe. But, he put too much nitroglycerin on the door 
and the blast destroyed the safe and most of the money inside. They managed to make off with $450 in silver coins that were melted and blasted into the safe's frame. So, out of the $4,000 in the safe, only 450 was salvageable. But they had to take the whole safe and just kind of scrape it off. Because he blew the shit out of this thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, another example is McCurdy and a crew decided to rob the Citizens Bank of Chautauqua. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Kansas. Uh, they spent two hours breaking through the bank walls. So I think the story with this is the bank was closed. It was nighttime. Okay. And they spent two hours breaking through the walls with, like, hammers and shit to get to the vault inside. Um, McCurdy then placed nitroglycerin at the vault door, hoping to get to the safe inside the vault. But he put too much, and the vault door blasted off and destroyed the inside of the bank entirely. So just imagine, like, a huge vault door flying off its hinges and just destroying the inside of this bank. And then once they got into the vault, McCurdy couldn't get the safe open. His fuses failed to ignite on the safe. And the crew got scared seeing what he'd done to the vault door (laughs) and ran off. They stole approximately $150 in various coins that were left in drawers in the vault outside of the safe. They're really bad at this. McCurdy bailed and hopped a train to the Oklahoma border, where he crashed in a hay shed of a friend's farm and got real proper drunk for the next (laughs) few weeks. Weeks! He just crashed in this, like hay pile with a couple bottles of whiskey it just disappeared for a while so as you can see mccurdy is not a very good safe cracker and he's not a very good thug either um now i want to move on to mccurdy's death right so mccurdy's final robbery was of a train carrying approximately four hundred thousand dollars in cash to the osage nation however McCurdy's crew jumped on the wrong train (laughs) and robbed the passengers instead. They only got $46. The Los Angeles Angeles Times actually claimed the job was one of the smallest in the history of train robbery. Upset at the failed robbery, McCurdy went back to the Oklahoma farm and got drunk again. But unknown to McCurdy, he was identified and there was now a $2,000 reward for his capture. On October 7th, 1911, a posse of sheriffs tracked McCurdy to the hay shed, and he was killed with a single gunshot to the chest. There was no shootout. There was no high noon showdown. He was so drunk and sick that McCurdy never even stood up to face wow. the posse. <laughs> wow. Now, I want to go in a completely different direction. This is now the good part of the story (laughs) so mccurdy's body was taken to the johnson funeral home in pahuska oklahoma there it sat unclaimed it was embalmed with uh arsenic which was the style (laughs) at the time (laughs) Twas the style at the time the style at the time Uh, The funeral homeowner refused to bury the body or release it until somebody paid him for his services. And seeing how no one claimed Elmer McCurdy's dead body, he just fucking sat there. 
In order to make some of the money back, the funeral home director put McCurdy's body on display for a price. And people from all over Oklahoma came to see the embalmed bandit. And it was so profitable, actually, several carnivals and circus promoters made offers to buy the body. Wow. The funeral home rejected the offers until a man named Aver from California claimed to be McCurdy's long-lost brother come to get the body for a proper burial. Aver lied. (laughs) He actually ran a famous traveling carnival and put McCurdy's body on display until 1922 when it was sold to the Traveling Museum of Crime, which was famous for displaying wax replicas of famous outlaws. In 1933, the body was acquired by a movie director, Dwayne Esper, to promote his film Narcotic. And this was like an exploitation film. Uh, He dressed McCurdy up as a dead dope fiend and placed him in theater lobbies. Oh my Uh, god! At this point, McCurdy's body had shriveled up to the size of a child, it's claimed. And Dwayne claimed this was due to his drug abuse. You know, it was like a look see what happens kids if you become a dope fiend like this motherfucker here you're gonna shrink uh in 1949 mccurdy's corpse was placed in storage in a los angeles warehouse where it remained until 1964 where it was rediscovered by dan suny and lent to filmmaker david friedman the body actually makes an appearance in friedman's 1967 film she freak in 1968, Suni sold the body to uh, Spoonie Singh, the owner of the Hollywood Wax Museum. While there, McCurdy's body was shipped to events all over America, including a show at Mount Rushmore. In 1969, after some wind damage had blown off some of McCurdy's fingers and an ear, <laughs> Spoonie Singh um, claimed it was too gruesome and not lifelike enough to display... <laughs> McCurdy's uh, corpse was then sold to an amusement park in Long Beach, California. It was hanging in a dark fun funhouse until 1976. Holy shit. So on December 8th, 1976, the crew of the popular television show The Six Million Dollar Man, you might have heard of it, were filming a scene at the amusement park. One of the crew tried to move McCurdy's body, thinking it was a mannequin, when his arm fell off. This exposed McCurdy's bone and muscle tissue. (laughs) They knew this wasn't a mannequin. (laughs) (laughs) The body was taken to the coroner, and it was concluded that, yes, this was real. At that point, McCurdy was totally petrified, covered in wax in about 50 layers of paint, had no fingers, ears, or toes, and weighed just 50 pounds. It was found out that he had died to... Like, the body, it was found to have died to a gunshot to the chest. And in McCurdy's mouth was a ticket stub from the 1920s to the Traveling Museum of Crime and a 1924 penny. Uh, The police got in contact with the museum, and they actually were able to identify that it was McCurdy. And then further forensic radiographs proved it. So, he has a ticket stub in his mouth from the 1920s and a 1924 penny after his mouth closed shut. This motherfucker died in October 7th, 1911. Okay? (laughs) 
On April 22nd, 1977, Elmer McCurdy's body was buried in Guthrie, Oklahoma, 65 years after his death. The story became wow. a national sensation. Wow. Two feet of concrete had to be poured over the casket to keep people from trying to steal it. This is the story of the Old West's worst outlaw. <laughs> he he done he done fucked up so hard. <laughs> so after failing any major robbery, he was touted as this great historical bandit. Then people forgot that he was an actual dead body and thought he was like a wax doll or a mannequin and started using him <laughs> in like all these displays all over the country. God. You can actually find footage of some movies like that one I mentioned earlier um, called, what was it called? Uh, she Freak? Yeah, it was called She Freak. And there's actually a shot with the body in it. I gotta so, look this up right now. So he's got uh, she freak. I wonder, like, if they when they released that movie, if he got a credit or something like. Oh that. man, <laughs> nice. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, this is a guy. This is him. Like, that's uh, a human body. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this movie does not have very good reviews. Um, um, I think it was like one of those random, like, stupid grindhousey kind of movies. Yeah. Anyway. So that's the story of Elmer McCurdy, the fucking worst outlaw of the Old West. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. What a great story, man. Good scrolls. Thank you. And I, I know that the story is not, like, <laughs> important because he was an Old West guy. Like, it's it's more important because it ended in the 19-fucking-70s. It's very good. But he was, like, an Old West guy, so it fit the bill. So fuck it. I, I, I think it's acceptable acceptable i think it's acceptable all right well should we move on and go to my story yeah dude uh so real quick i just want to say if you want to check more out on uh elmer mccurdy i used the autobiography written by svenvold i mentioned earlier um it's pretty interesting uh mark svenvold wrote the biography of Elmer McCurdy, and there's a bunch of newspaper clippings of him from the 70s when his body was discovered, and yeah, check it out. It's a really interesting story. It was actually covered in um, a couple episodes of, like, TV shows. Um, there was one called Mysteries at the Museum, where he was in an episode, and then there was an episode of an HBO documentary series called Autopsy, where he is a featured segment. So, if you can get your hands on those, it's a really crazy story. So, there you go. Steven. Good stuff. Yeah. Play that fucking music, white boy. Let's play the music, man. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Alright, Dave. Yo. So, my story is much more wild esty. <laughs> wild esty? Wild esty. Oh, wild esty. Is it yeah. wild westy? No, no, no. Wild esty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, because I because it, I mean that originally was kind of a mess up, but I think it, I I like it. I'm gonna roll with it. Wild esty. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I want to talk about the Dalton Gang. Ooh. And the Dalton Gang was one of the more notorious gangs of the Wild West era. And really, this game kind of kind of encompasses, in my mind, everything that the Wild West is thought to have been. Right. Uh, 
And the gang did its thing for about two years, between the years 1860 and 1862. So those are like prime those, Wild the, West years. Prime Wild West years. There's some good Wild West years. Civil War years, Wild West yeah. years. Yeah. But this this gang is really interesting, and uh, they're, they're, they're not the brightest bunch in the pack. But it was founded by two brothers, Bob Dalton and Emmett Dalton, and that's why it's called the Dalton Gang. And their other brother, his name's Grat. Their other brother, Grat, joined later on. Grat? Grat. His name's Grat? His name's Grat. G-R-A-T? Yep. Hmm. Yep. It's a, it's like it's like a shortening of his of his real name. I don't remember his real name, so I'm calling him Grat. Right. Uh Grat. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Got him one. There you go. But interestingly enough, all three brothers were actually at once lawmen, uh, uh-huh. and they collected bounties on criminals. And uh, however, the the story kind of goes that the three brothers uh, were refused payment because like laws weren't really a thing. Okay. Back then, and it was like hard to they they were they were pretty much they were they were refused payment for the bounties they collected, so they just kind of decided to turn to a life of crime for themselves, and their older brother Frank, and there are multiple other Dalton boys. I think there's like six altogether. Oh, them Dalton boys! Them Dalton boys! Oh, I'm getting into trouble. <laughs> uh, the three of them, uh, Bob Dalton, Emma Dalton, and Grant Dalton. Those are the three that are in the Dalton gang. They have another brother whose name I cannot remember who is actually in a gang with Jesse James. Oh, shit. Yeah. He moved on up. He did. He did. And But their older brother, Frank, was also a lawman and actually was killed trying to bring a bounty in. And so the way I kind of see it is that Frank was the one keeping them in check. And when he died, they went majorly off the rails. Yeah. So in total, the gang had six other permanent members. Uh, I, and then I'm, I assume there are other members that kind of floated in and out, but these are the six. There are six that that permanent members, and I'm not going to go in and list all of them because that's just like way too confusing. Uh, but you, there's plenty of information on all of them. Some of them were actually uh, did go on to do some other pretty notorious stuff. The gang focused mostly on mostly on train robberies and kind of dabbled in bank heists and bank robberies as well. But um, but mostly train robberies was was their deal. They operated mostly in Oklahoma and in Kansas. That was their uh, that was their territory. Uh, the The specific story that I want to tell about the gang has to do with a very, very stupid bank heist that they attempt to do. That okay. would come to be the last bank heist that the Dalton gang ever attempts. But for, but first, there's some interesting other little tidbits that I want to talk about. So early on in their illustrious career, the Dalton boys were accused of a train robbery that they may or may not have committed. I mean, let's be real. They probably they did. did, but there were <laughs> yeah, but there was like little evidence. So there's no way to tell for certain if they did or not. Um, but they were convicted of it. And the only the only member that was not acquitted or that did not escape was Grant Dalton. And he was sentenced to 20 hard years in prison. Oh, poor Grant. Yeah, well, but while being transported to the prison by a train, the deputy that he was handcuffed to fell asleep. And it was a particularly hot summer day, and the windows were all open in the train to let the air in. Because this was not, like, a prison train. This was, like, a regular passenger train. Uh, so waiting for the perfect opportunity, 
While the other deputy was distracted and the train was going over a river, Gret jumped, jumped out of the train head first and landed in the water. The two deputies were kind of just dumbfounded at the sheer stupidity and luck of Gret. <laughs> they figured that he must have pit-pocketed the deputy while he was uh, sleeping and discreetly uncuffed himself. And after that, he kind of had to let Jesus take the wheel a little bit with that nosedive out the train. Because if he had hit the ground, homie would have died. You know, Gratrick don't look before he leaves. Gra- Gra- that's, that's, that's his motto. Don't look before you leave. <laughs> So over the next several months, they robbed trains, sometimes making a few hundred dollars, sometimes making a few thousand. But my favorite, my all-time favorite robbery that they did was one that they committed in Adair, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. The, The gang rolled up to the train station, sat, and waited for the train to arrive, apparently with their Winchester rifles just sitting right there in their lap. When the train did roll up and stopped, they just backed a cup cart up to the baggage room and helped themselves to the contents. What the fuck? The armed guards, which were all the armed guards were all in one of the of the, the train cabins, fired on all six of the Dalton boys, but were not able to hit a single one of them. In fact, three of the guards got injured, but they were not able to shoot any of the Dalton gang. Damn. Yeah. Did the, wait, did the Dalton gang shoot back, or did they shoot themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, okay. They, they, no, no, no. They, I thought you were trying <laughs> to tell me they, like, shot themselves. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, 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 the Dalton gang fired back onto them, and three of them were injured. Damn. Now, this all accumulates to October 5th, 1892, when their dumb, stupid luck finally ran out with a dumb, stupid bank heist. That's how or, I like it, though. I like yeah, these criminals, good. like, not supposing to escape, but then yeah. they just fucking, like, get away with it anyway, because fuck it. So, it's not really one heist, it's multiple heists. Okay. So, apparently, Bob Dalton had never been... <laughs> I love that name, Bob Dalton. Bob Dalton? Dalton? <laughs> he sounds like he's trying to fucking run for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a used car salesman that you Come on down to Bob Dalton's Mitsubishi and Suzuki. <laughs> We're slashing prices left and right. We'll slash your time. <laughs> Dude, fucking Bob Dalton. Oh, Bob Dalton. Dude, fucking so Bob good. Dalton. Sounds like an optometrist. <laughs> I'm Bob Dalton, and I want to tell you about what I can do for this city. Oh, God. Bob fucking Dalton. What did Bob Dalton do, Stephen? So, apparently, Bob Dalton had never been super satisfied with what they had done so far as criminals. And he wanted to really be one of the greats. He decided that crazy they should... Crazy Bob Dalton. It's a crazy Bob Dalton down at Bob Dalton Kia. <laughs> He's only selling, like, Asian cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he decided that they should rob two banks at once, which had <laughs> apparently been done by Jesse James earlier, and it was one of the more uh, famous things that he had done. So they pick Coffeeville, Kansas, which was apparently the Dalton boys' hometown. Oh, that's and a good idea. It's a great idea, right? They're robbing from themselves. They yeah, exactly. Then bank, and they decide to rob the C.M. Condon Bank and the First National Bank, which were right across the street from one another. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, and I found a map of the of the of where they were situated, and it kind of helps to illuminate things. So I'm going to just try to describe it. And I can also post it on the Facebook page. So pretty much, you have 
the center of town, right? The main stretch, yeah. right in the middle. It was it was the 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 CM uh, Condon Bank was kind of like right in the middle of the big stretch, and then off kind of diagonal to it onto the other on the uh, other side of the road was the First National Bank. So they're pretty much right across the street from each other. So they're robbing three banks. Robbing two banks. CM Condon Bank and the First National Bank. But they're not robbing their local bank. Those were the local banks. I think. Oh, yeah. oh! I thought you meant like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah this yeah. makes sense. Yep. So, kind of from the get-go, their stupid plan starts to fall apart. Uh, the hitch where they were supposed to tie up their horses, which was right in front of one of the banks, was no longer there. It had been torn down. Uh, so they had to stash them in the back of an alley, which was across the street from First National. Damn. So away from away from either of the two banks, uh, so already already they're in a bad spot because their horses are so far away. Then, as di- as a disguise, they put on fake beards and wigs. <laughs> fake beards and wigs. They are instantly recognized. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the gang. Of course, the gang splits up and went into the two banks. When the townspeople who knew what was up watched through the window and waited for it to go down, as soon as as soon as the Daltons pulled out their guns, the townspeople, in an act of citizen vigilantism, armed themselves and took positions around the banks. <laughs> a quote from a newspaper published right after the heist says that a call to arms came simultaneously with the alarm, and in less time than it takes to relate the fact. A dozen men with Winchesters and revolvers in their hands were ready to resist the escape of the unwelcome visitors. Dude, fuck yes. So they, they fucked with the wrong town, pretty much. They fucked with the wrong town. And how the next 15 minutes kind of plays out is really unreal. In the CM Condon Bank, the, game, the gang orders that the uh, teller fill up the sack with money and for the vault to be opened. The teller decides to lie and tell them that the vault was was on a timed lock and couldn't be opened for another 10 minutes. The Dalton gang, in a moment of unbridled intelligence, decides to wait it out. Huh. The, the, town, the townsfolk did not even give them a chance to think about it. They opened fire at the bank from outside at the oh gang. So they just God. fired into the bank. Destroyed the fucking bank. Yeah. Meanwhile, inside the First National, Bob Dalton is trying to push used Kias. so inside the first national Bob Dalton hears the gunshots and attempts to escape out of the front door shots are fired at him instantly and has to retreat back inside of the bank and he finds a way out of the back door kind of dragging some of the tellers with sacks of money with him the finale of this robbery happens in what has been nicknamed Death Alley Oh. This was the alley that the horses were situated in, and that most of the townsfolks who were situated in the building had a pretty good vantage point down. The the, the building that all the townsfolk are, are in is right across the street from the alley, and they can see directly down the alley, right? Yeah. As the five men descended upon the alley, they were fired upon. Fuck. Four out of the five men were killed. And nice. a, and and, a, and there's actually some really good... Uh, primary sources on what happened, and uh, in a, they, they detail it in a very descriptive way that I'm not going to get in here into here. But it was pretty brutal. Nice. And in the uh, during that, uh, one of the marshals 
was actually killed at pretty much point-blank range trying to stop them. Um, so it was brutal on all sides. But four of the five men were killed almost instantly. And the only one to survive was Emmett Dalton. But oh, he really, Emmett. Good old Emmett. But he did not really get off easy. When he was arrested, he had 23 gunshot wounds. Damn. 23. He got lit the hell up. <laughs> and it's really interesting how Emmett got caught. So Emmett is... He's pretty much... Head between his head between his legs while all, all the shots are going down, and he's uninjured. He gets on his horse. The whole town directs their fire at him, and they shoot him. Yeah. And he's shot multiple times, including getting shot with buckshot to the oh, back. God. But he's he's like on his way out of town. He turns around to go scoop up Bob, who had been shot no. in the chest. He goes up to Bob, and Bob's like, get the hell out of here, I'm dead. <laughs> and this, We're then, laughing at this so yeah, sad, though. I know. And then he's he's shot and falls off the horse and is arrested. Uh, so, that's that. Emmett Dalton's arrested. He's given life in jail. But he serves only 14 years of it before he's given a parole. So, he dies in 1937 at the age of 66. And with that, the Dalton gang, which had been fueled by greed, bravery, and sheer dumb luck, was finally put to an end. Yay. Fuck them. Yeah. And this is only a small small sample of the shenanigans that they got into. Uh, There's a lot of really good reading on them. Uh, There's this whole... There's this website I found. Let me find the address of it. It is called eyewitnesshistory.com. And they have a pretty good... Uh, pretty good article about the the, the robbery yeah. and about the Daltons themselves and it's pretty interesting stuff so I would definitely look into it if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah dude let me ask you something. Did you come across a website called legendsofamerica.com? Uh, possibly. Um, it's see. this really great kind of like uh, it's not, it's full of like sources it's like mediocre at citing sources itself mm-hmm. um but it has an old west section with like hundreds of uh articles and a bunch of different categories oh nice so, yeah, look at that if you are interested in more wild wild west stories then i suggest checking out legends of america and yeah, also sure. i just want to say steven we both we're talking about sources this time yeah we never talk about sources. We never talk about we need sources. To, we need to talk about sources. We need to do that more for us to be more credible. We I mean, really need to talk about sources more. I mean, we did call Bob Dalton a used car salesman for about 15 minutes, so I don't know but Dude, how credible we are. If but... I Google Bob Dalton right now, <laughs> I promise there will be a fucking... You're doing it, huh? I'm doing it. <laughs> No, but I got a Dr. Bob Dalton Highlands chiropractic, which yeah, is good too. enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fantastic. Shit. Fantastic. Anyway, anyway, that was anyway. a great that was a great scroll, dude. That was a good scroll. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh that was that was great, man. I enjoyed I enjoyed this topic this week. This was, was a fun. really fun topic. There's lots of fun, goofy stories of the Wild West. There's yeah. usually like two types of Wild West. There is the like 310 to Yuma unforgiven kind of Wild West or there's the like blazing saddles <laughs> right. kind of Wild West yeah. 
the Quick and the Dead Wild West, the cartoony one. And yeah. uh, I like to live in that world, I think. It's a better world to live in. It's a it's happier a, world to live it's in. It's a better world. Also, you and I didn't put restrictions on this episode, but both of us were good enough to stay away from, like, Wyatt Earp or Jesse James. Billy or the Kid. Billy the Kid. So, right. fucking good on you. Thanks, man. Good on you. Thank you. These were both... Yeah. Really good stories that I'd never heard of until yeah, now. Yeah, same, same, same here. It was, uh, the, the, it was fun to learn. I mean, I don't know much about the Wild West either. Um, it so is it's, definitely it's, like the least American portion of history that I like right. have studied. Um, it's also like kind of one of the more interesting ones, which is strange because usually, like, usually if you talk to historians about American history. Um, Maybe not American historians, but a lot of people will tell you that, like, you know, American history is really boring in comparison to, like, African, <clears throat> European, or Asian history. And it's, right. and it's just because it's, it's like, kind of new. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, uh, like uh, law and stuff. But the Wild West is fucking, like, a freak show. It's, they got some shit, dude. They got some shit going on. For, like, a small time frame... The Wild West was the most interesting place in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it, dude, the, yeah, the eighteen hundred in Europe are, is boring as shit. But like, e- even across the world, you always hear stories of like, uh, like Arabian sultans reading like about outlaws in the Wild West and, and stuff like that. You know, and yeah, it's really crazy time in history. Yeah. And Westworld is coming to HBO oh, soon. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know if any of you have seen that old movie, but it's like a really good concept, and that show should be really interesting to replace yeah, Game it of Thrones looks awesome. because there's nothing else on HBO right now. It's so. got it's got the it's got the Mc, uh, McBoyle McBoyle brother in it. Oh god, he's been in he's been good in shit though. Dude, so. he's a really good actor, man. Like he was in House of Cards. So Steven, real yes. quick, do you want to um, give the listeners? A sneak peek into what next week's topic is going to be. Yeah! So, next... <laughs> e- <laughs> yeah! You like that? Did you like that? Fuck. But, uh, so next week we are going to uh, dig back into the Bat Catalog. Oh, yeah. We're gonna heave up an old episode topic. Okay. Dave. Yeah. Bad history's going back to the movies. We're going to the movies! We're as you be, all know, yeah. as you all know, Stephen and I like movies. So we're going to be doing another episode of historically inaccurate films. And maybe this time Stephen will pick a real one instead of Monty Python. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I made a pretty compelling case. Uh... <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> you didn't but anyway <laughs> so that's next week and uh real quick before we leave and before steven gets to do his fucking shit um it's been a long time since we've read some five star reviews yeah should we I read agree. a few yeah and uh, yeah let's do it i do want to say can i should i say this dave so i don't know what you're gonna say so do it that we got our first one star review Oh yeah, we got a one star <laughs> review and the person didn't leave any feedback. They just gave they it a star. Yeah. You wanna know something, Steven? It was me. Was it? 
I don't know. Uh, anyway, fuck that guy. Actually, I don't know. I am. I agree with that guy. So if that guy comes forward and says yeah. something about it, we'll send you a free T-shirt when we get T-shirts eventually. Yeah, maybe eventually. Anyway, maybe sneak peek. So uh, I don't know when we last uh, stopped, but I'm gonna start just grabbing them. Uh, yeah, from about a couple months ago. So, Do it. Uh, deeply dapper. Great fun, five stars. I started out assuming I wouldn't like this podcast when the host proclaimed their love for Van Helsing. But then they won me over with their episodes. Chock-a-block full of interesting history told in a relatable manner. Subscribed. Least favorite part is the amount of good scroll heard each episode. (laughs) I totally did this one before. (laughs) But I wanted to reiterate that uh, Deeply Dapper, we love Van Helsing. And I hope you have good scrolls today, Deeply Dapper, because good scrolls are good scrolls. Good scroll, dude. So, go good scroll. Good scroll, Deeply Dapper. Thanks for the five stars. Moving on. Digitize Me Captain says, yes. Love it. These guys are hilarious, plus the history is really interesting. And that's exactly what I'm going for here. Humor first. Yes. And then maybe a little history on the side. That's what you should expect from the show. Exactly. Foodie321 says... Good scrolls. I agree. Steven and Dave are like those few friends that you actually want to hang out, hang around, and drink with at the end of a big party. Perfect mix of life, music, movies, and of course history. Keep the good scrolls a coming. Thank you. I agree. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, thank you. Quasi Stellar says good scroll guy good scrolls, guys. After listening to about ten episodes now, it's like you meet up with some pals who prepare a little history talk for you. Interesting, funny, and after some time, oddly familiar. And that's kind of what we're going for yeah here. so yeah i'm glad i'm glad that you guys are getting the the vibe that we're trying to put out here yes and, uh, we really appreciate all those five star reviews um yeah i mean we guys, appreciate all the reviews like we appreciate all the reviews we especially appreciate <laughs> five star reviews I'm trying to like um, bully our listeners into giving us five star reviews no, 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 no. <laughs> but if they want it red, if they want it red on the show, then they'll leave a five-star review. That's oh, all I'm no. I, there, I, there's, there's a good four-star review that I'm ending the show with. I'm telling you what, Dave. It's a good right, one. Whatever. But uh, Quasi Stellar, I think this is the same guy. I think he also he follows us on Twitter and interacts a lot with us on there, which is super cool. So thanks a lot for that. Um, thank you. Thank you. And so this, this last review I'm going to read, it's a four-star review, which is fine. It's just fine. fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so this this last review I'm going to read, it's from R... Title, It's Good, in parentheses, parentheses, scrolls. Ah! And it says, and this is in parentheses, good scrolls is like their catchphrase or something? I don't know what it's supposed to mean, but you can tell it means something to them. We Correct. We don't really know either. Correct. So we needed a catchphrase, and I was put on the spot. And it happened. So yeah, that's. That. I think I think you described some scrolls that I was talking about as good scrolls, and then that just that that's where it we were. It. I was like, I, I think to tell him that he told a good story, and I said good yeah. scrolls. <laughs> yep, and here we are. And he says it's a bit rough in the beginning, but it keeps getting better. It's oh, cool is it rough in the beginning? Yeah, it is. <laughs> episode one and episode zero are still our most downloaded episodes, so that's Which cool. Is awful. Yeah, it, those are our like worst. They're so, it sounds so, uh, anyway. Uh, it's a bit rough in the beginning, but it keeps getting better. It's cool to listen to a podcast by people with a lot of education just goof around telling stories about history. <laughs> also, education. also, they sing their own transition music, so plus, plus, plus. Plus, plus, plus. I like it. 
thank you guys so much for leaving us reviews. Uh, it's it's seriously awesome to read them. And seriously, if you, you know, if, if there's something you don't like about the show that you think we can do better or differently, don't be afraid to let us know because that's how we get better. And that's like how we got better from episode one. If you listen to that shit when we talk about Van Helsing for 15 minutes, we don't do that anymore. And that's because we had people tell us to not do that anymore. So, uh, so seriously, Dude, fucking Van Helsing is the greatest shit ever. Oh no, I'm still convinced. Like, like we're we. I have a plan. I have a plan that involves the movie Van Helsing in okay. this podcast. Okay, but uh, but hopefully you guys will probably be subject to that here shortly. Uh, anyway, before I go, real quick, uh, we just want to say. Uh, that if you if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Bad History Podcast, on Twitter at Bad History Cast, email Bad History Podcast at gmail We are on pretty much every major directory. We are on uh, iTunes, of course. You can rate and review and subscribe and all that. Uh, we are on uh, Stitcher. We're on Google Play Music. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're on a lot of those. All, all, all pretty much all of them, I think. I want to say. I want to say. But but yeah, so that's uh that's that's it for for me. Next week, bad history goes to the movies again. Uh, any other things you want to add before we get out of here? I just want to um, say happy history, guys, and good scrolls, good scrolls, good scrolls, good scrolls, <laughs> good scrolls. You bitter, Dave? You a little uh, a little bitter? A good. Don't sound scrolls. a little bitter. <laughs> what was that guy's name? His no, name I'm is Good Scrolls it. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. Later.